This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Mm-hmm. And please go to kickstarter.com and search for Pledge of Allegiance if you want to support the project I'm doing. Kickstarter is still up for two more weeks. So, yay. Mm. And hello. Hi. I really feel like you're kind of pulling our audience away from donating it's, to our cause. It's all about me. Uh-huh. Uh, there's so many things we got to talk yeah, about. Yeah, dude. This was a wild week. Do you want to talk about fun stuff or serious stuff? Let's start with fun stuff. Man. Okay. Pete Buttigieg can't be president. Oh. And let me tell you why. Okay. Uh, there's many reasons why, according to the Christian right. But there are a new batch of reasons why he's not allowed to be. I would like Number to hear one, them. this one comes from a former Indiana lawmaker, mm-hmm. elected lawmaker. His name is Dr. Mike Don. <laughs> Don Boys. <laughs> Uh, he now runs like one of those Christian right groups, what have you, and he writes articles for right-wing websites. Mm-hmm. He says uh, Buttigieg can't be president because, quote, all homosexuals are aware that their lifespan is about 20 years less than for normal people. <laughs> oh, my God. It kept getting worse. I know. So voters should know that a homosexual president may not live to finish his term. Where do you want to begin with those two <laughs> sentences? Okay. I haven't All even gotten into the bit about STDs yet. It's amazing. All homosexuals know, like inherently in yes, their DNA. That they're going to die. That they're going to die. He said 20 years earlier? 20 years less than normal people. Is that stat? Le- like, is any there's fact? like, no. Okay. I, I have no idea what he's trying to cite here. I don't know what lie he's trying to cite here. Yeah. And also, even... I, not that I, he deserves any benefit of the doubt here. Buttigieg is still like our age. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> worst case scenario. Like, 20 years lower than whatever Trump is now right. is still like decades into the future. Right. So that's... But, but, but. I feel like it's important to note on this statistic that I have that all <laughs> hateful multiple adul- uh, adultery and liars yes. have an average of a shorter lifespan than normal people. So yes. we should really watch out for Donald Trump. Right, but the guy who eats KFC every night he's gonna be fine um wow okay so wait could just read the first sentence back to me one more time all homosexuals are aware are aware that their lifespan is about 20 years less than for normal people normal people is a lot for me to deal with right now actually Uh, yeah and so voters should know that a homosexual president may not live to finish his term he went on to point out about 20 percent of homosexual men are infected with hiv Uh huh. There's no way that's correct. Don't voters have a right, even an obligation, to know a candidate's health status since the candidate's health is always an issue? Remember Donald Trump's doctor, that guy who was like. Most healthy, healthiest boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And we never got an actual health report other than like two different people saying, yeah, it's great. Oh my God, it's such good health. (laughs) Oh, I'm a doctor. Yeah. This is the best health I've ever seen. How did he health so good? Yeah. So that's part one. Considering he does not work out and eats like a garbage dumpster truck. Yeah. That's part one of why Buttigieg can't be president. Here's another reason. Okay. This one comes from Meek Addison, who is the American Family Association's Director of Communications for Urban Family Talk. Oh, yikes. Urban family talk is a phrase that raises a lot of red flags with me, actually. She's a black woman. Okay. They're they're not that many who work for the AFA, so they're going to make sure she's in front of a camera. 
And she said on the show Focus today mm-hmm. that, did you know Mayor Pete is gay? Hmm? Did. And here's what she says. Yeah. Um, excuse me for what I am about to say. Oh. Oh, you know it's going to be This good. is the equivalent of a white dude saying, I'm not racist, but. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a man oh. who engages in violent sexual acts with a person he claims to love. Holy shit. Violent, Violent sexual... Not based on anything other than he's gay. Is she assuming that anal sex is necessarily violent? Is that I, what's happening? I assume that's what she meant, which makes me wonder, does she know what some straight couples do in the bedroom? Yeah. I don't know. And the person he claims to love, he's married... Oofa doofa, like, that's rough. I, I know they don't necessarily think like same sex marriages are legitimate. Uh huh. But, but this is a new one where you're like, no, nah, you don't really even love, love that him. other person. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's number two. Oh God, there's more. <laughs> oh yeah. Brian Fisher, uh, uh-huh. also for the American Family Association, because uh-huh. they're about Christianity and love. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He said on his Focal Point show that Buttigieg shouldn't even be considered for the presidency because the idea that he can run as a candidate and therefore there's a possibility he could be president, Uh that alone is a travesty. Here's what Fisher said. It's got to be unthinkable for us even to consider putting a homosexual in the White House as our next president. You cannot afford to put an unapologetic and unrepentant homosexual in the White House. You can't afford it? Uh, it would be bad for the country. And then he goes on to say homosexuality is mm-hmm. a greater and more manifest threat to human health even than injection drug abuse. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And finally, wait, mm-hmm. it gets better. Does it? Or yeah. does it get worse? Oh, Fisher said, you know, the president ought to be a role model. Uh, and you can't have, uh, I'm quoting here. I'm sorry, you can't have those who participate in, quote, sordid sexual conduct in that office. Like multiple adulterers who... Like paying hush money to a porn star. Yeah. And Um, by the way, he anticipated that you would say such a thing. Oh, sure, sure. He's always one step ahead of me, that sly fox. Yeah, Fisher said liberals who criticize President Trump Uh for his adulteries have made... Like in our, have, they're making you're making Fisher's case for him because what a, you're just showing that what a would be president does in his private life does matter and is a valid concern for voters. So, haha, checkmate! Wow, he, he got really you. thought he pulled one over on yes. us, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So he just invalidated his own point yeah. by attempting to invalidate ours. Yeah. And the thing is, here's the thing: I don't necessarily think what a president does in their private time is always necessarily our business. Yeah, this is the point. I don't care what Donald Trump does in his private life. I don't care what he does with his sex life. I don't care who he's hurting. Like, that's between him and his his family. But, yeah. But the the only reason it ever comes up is the hypocrisy of the religious right, who's like, yeah, this is our guy. Oh, right, all that stuff we said about family values, we were just kidding. Yeah. Forever. That's the problem with Trump's stuff. It's yeah. not that he had an affair with a porn star. It's that evangelicals still vote for him right. and still pretend to love the guy right. despite it all. 
So anyway, all those reasons, Pete Buttigieg cannot be president, That's according to these people. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that. He was kind of an interesting new candidate. Yeah, and, um, yeah but... R.I.P. Buttigieg 2020, I guess. <laughs> yes. Cool and regular. Do you want to hear a happier story then? Sure. Okay. Of all the things to happen after the Alabama abortion ban, um, this one I actually liked. There was one pastor on Facebook whose old post uh-huh. got recirculated uh-huh. after the Alabama ban. And it's worth talking about because it was just really well said. And he basically argued, I, I want to read the whole thing. I know it's long. Is it one that starts at the unborn or That's easy? Right. Gr- okay. So yeah, this, this is, is from very good. Dave Barnhart, who's a Methodist pastor. And again, Methodists, there's like the conservative Methodists who are like anti-gay and they're having a schism in their church right now, the mm-hmm. United Methodist Church. Then there's a lot of progressive Methodists who are very much against what their umbrella organization is doing. So here's what Barnhart said. This is from June of 2018. And I don't remember what this is in response to. Something was happening then. But he basically said, the unborn are a very convenient group of people to advocate for. I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. They never make demands of you. They are morally uncomplicated. They don't resent the fact that you're not politically correct. They don't ask you to question patriarchy. They don't bring all that racial, cultural, religious baggage. Basically, they're never going to be a problem for you. You can always say, I'm for the unborn. Right. And what are they going to say about it? They're not going to call you out for your hypocrisy. They're not going to make any demands Mm -hmm. of you. They're like a fictional boogeyman that you can always point to Mm -hmm. and say like, yeah, I'm doing it for them. Well, they're a blank slate, right? And you can project whatever you want onto them. Yes. But, and this is back to Barnhart, prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, Mm -hmm. they get thrown under the bus for the unborn Mm -hmm. because Christians don't pay attention or don't care enough to pay attention to what Trump is doing to those groups of people. But they will go above and beyond saying, no, I'm all about the unborn. So what if some women die in Alabama and those other states? I'm doing this to prevent another Holocaust. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Barnhart's comment from, again, last June got replayed again after all this happened uh, in Alabama. And that's good because he said some sensible stuff. Yeah. And then he did post again after Alabama, uh, the law was passed and after his old post started going viral again, he said again, you know, the sensible thing. If Alabama politicians and preachers really cared about preventing abortion, We would have comprehensive, medically accurate sex education in schools. Mm -hmm. This bill criminalizing abortion is about controlling sexual behavior and taking away bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. So again, very smart words. And if you're going to look to change any of the minds of the conservative Christians who are pushing for this stuff, Mm -hmm. more power to a guy like this who's on the inside who you, I mean, they'll say it anyway, but you can't argue this guy isn't Christian. He is. He's a pastor. He's not making it up. Mm -hmm. They will dismiss him as not being a true Christian or whatever. But he is. And that means he probably has more sway in how people react to it. I just hope they listen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not saying anything you haven't heard a million times. Yeah, but I think coming from one of your own is more effective than like hearing, say, an angry woman yell about it on a (laughs) podcast. Yes, (laughs) I think that's accurate. <laughs> so anyway, I appreciate any time these pastors are saying any of this sensible stuff. Yeah. Um, I've got actually a few stories that take place in the South. So you want to yes. hang out down there with me? Do it. 
Um, <clears throat> Alabama. Yes. We, so we talked last week about the <laughs> about the episode of Arthur. Yeah. Um, which is a children's cartoon that I am with Aardvarks. With Aardvarks, which are rodents. Nobody added me, so I think I was right about that. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, obviously all these draconian um, anti-choice bills are passing. Um, meanwhile, this. <laughs> This episode of a cartoon, which features um, Arthur's heretofore known teacher, who is gay, gets married to another man, and like that's kind of it. I haven't watched all of like three seconds. Let me tell you all about it. Oh, please tell me. (laughs) Paint me a word picture. No, the the whole episode is them just like, oh no, our teacher is getting married, but oh no, we think he's going to marry this evil woman who we've met. And it turns out, nope, she's fine. She's the sister. She's officiating the wedding. He's actually getting married to a guy. Uh The wedding takes all of three seconds. And they're like, oh, okay, moving on. Um, That's pretty much it. So what happened in Alabama? um, Mike McKenzie is the director of programming at Alabama Public Television. um, And he chose, instead of uh, running, it's called Mr. Ratburn and the Special Someone. That's the episode's title. Uh Uh-huh. Um, in, in lieu of that, he decided to run a rerun of Arthur. He, mm-hmm. And he has no plans of running that episode because it featured a gay couple. Um, in, this has happened before, actually. In 2005, um, Buster is a bunny character who visited a girl... Bunny character in Arthur. Yeah, who visited a girl who had two mothers that mm-hmm. also did not make it to the airwaves in Alabama. <laughs> um, Mackenzie So just to be clear, said, <laughs> all of these horrible, horrible things in Arthur, they can't show for, for what? The kids? Uh-huh. For the sanctity of oh, their don't childhood? Worry. I have a really coherent and good paragraph. Oh, good. Parents have trusted Alabama public television for more than 50 years to provide children's programs that entertain, educate, and inspire. More importantly, although we strongly encourage parents to watch television with their children and talk about what they've learned afterwards, parents trust their chi- that their children can watch APT without their supervision. We also know that children who are younger than the, quote, target audience for Arthur also watch the program. Target so- audience is four. <laughs> If a four-year-old sees to a four-year-old who definitely understands the institution of marriage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sees a wedding between two male rats, yes, they'll be broken or something, and into bestiality. Yeah, and slippery slope, haven't? That's yeah. what I always say. Now what, I want. Yeah, to, I want to know what they think is going to happen because what's the conversation? Mama, he's marrying another man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Like, is. That's the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, wait, I just want to, uh, there's a woman, her name's Misty Souter or yeah, Souter. She's a substitute teacher. Um, and she saw on social media that there's going to be this, this gay marriage. And she sat down to, uh, she recorded it to watch with her nine year old daughter and then realized, oh, it was a rerun. They didn't change. They didn't mm-hmm. record it. Um, and Souter said, quote, I just want her being her daughter to be aware there's too much going on not to stand up for stuff, even if it's Arthur. I never thought he'd be going to battle for a gay rat wedding, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the most self-aware thing I've heard in a minute. So an 11 year old rape victim can be forced to have a baby in Alabama, Uh but seeing a cartoon rat wedding for three seconds, that's a bridge too far. Oh, speaking of rape. (laughs) Jesus. Yes. So it's fun. You know, I'm just going through all of my notes and I couldn't find the specific rape one I wanted to talk about. Don't worry. There'll be more, I'm sure. And I still haven't found it. Where Here, did I got you go? one for you. Uh, in Alabama. No, okay. I lied. In Mississippi. Oh, yeah. In Mississippi. That was on my list, too. Uh, 
Doug McLeod is a Mississippi Republican state representative. Mm-hmm. He just signed their heartbeat bill, their mm-hmm. anti-abortion heartbeat bill. Because he cares about humans. He does. He's deeply passionate about the preservation of life. Right. He actually wrote on his Facebook page when he first ran for office in 2011, my Presbyterian faith and my wife's Catholic faith unite our strong Christian family values. So you know he's a good God-fearing man. Mm-hmm. So- Guess why he just got arrested. Guess, is it guess. for punching his wife in the fucking face? It is. Oh my God, and how did I guess? why did he punch her in the face? Because she was undressing too slowly because he wanted to have sex with her while he was drunk. That is about right. So it is she quite said to a police, wild story. <laughs> she, you said the whole story. He, his wife said to police, he just snapped. As he often does when <laughs> under the influence of alcohol. Cool dude. Jesus. Um, I actually pulled, I knew we were going to talk about this, so I wanted to pull some details. Yeah. Um, so they, the couple was home, and there was another woman there. It, to me, it's unclear who this woman was, if she's a friend or a relative or something. Yeah. But this woman, after he cold-cocked his wife in the fucking nose, he, this woman locked the wife into a room. To protect her. To protect her yeah. from her wife-punching husband. And the um, uh, McLeod was banging on the door. He said, open the door or he'd kill her fucking dog. So really cool, regular guy. Yeah. Um, It's really bad when other Republicans in the Mississippi legislature are like, yeah, that guy needs to resign. Yeah, people are calling for his his resignation. Um, House Speaker Philip Gunn, he wants... um, he wants him to resign if allegations are true, which there's like blood all over their bathroom <laughs> and their bedroom. Like, I think this one, I think they cracked the case on this one. Yeah. Uh, he's free on bail. So of course. no threat to any women way, with f- noses and faces. He, if he doesn't resign, he's probably going to get reelected because it's Mississippi. He's unopposed. And he's unopposed. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, back to my... Not um, even Republican primaried. Yeah. Just running unopposed. Yep, yep, yep. Um, New Orleans. Yes. There is a man named William McDonough. He's a financial planner. Um, he's been accused of rape by at least three women. Um, he was out on bail for one of them, violated his court order by, court order by contacting one of his accusers seven times in one night. Jesus. So this most recent time he, um, he was brought up on charges, um, the judge released him on bail, even though he is a serial rapist. Um, is there a reason for that? No. Nah. Well, like, actually, well, let, let's let's take a date. So, has he not been charged with all these? Uh, after all he these allegations, has. he's supposed to go to trial on June third, I think. Um, district uh, Orleans pa- Orleans Parish Criminal District Court Judge Tracy Fleming's Davalier, uh, I think. Um, she called, she called the latest developments that he was to be released with an ankle monitor troubling, but she declined to revoke the bail, but did raise it to $100,000, which he posted because he's a financial planner and he has the monies. Um, the reason here, Mr. McDonough has shown up to each of his court settings and there has not been any additional, um, allegations of violations with respect to this particular case, except for the ones that I mentioned before. (laughs) Except for the other cases. Um, however... 
um, assi- uh, Assistant District Attorney Jason uh, Napoli or Napoli, he said having McDonough out in the streets is an absolute public safety risk. There's quote, there's no amount of money that can erase that. The only solution here is that he be treated like every other rapist in this section and put in jail. After having been involved in public defense for more than a decade at this courthouse. If accused serial rapist Will McDonough was not white and privileged, if he was poor, black, and, and indigent, no judge in the courthouse would have would have revoked would not have revoked his bond and uh, remanded him. Interestingly, though, um, Fleming's Deliver, who is the Delavay, maybe who is the judge, is actually a black woman. So that's sort of a weird twist on this um, on this story. District, yeah, she's the judge. Um, so anyway. That's cool. We definitely care about women and their health and their safety. I can tell because when men rape many of them, they are given a cute accessory and get to go home. Anyway, that's all I have for the South. <laughs> Here's one from our neck of the woods. Yes, this, I'm so excited to oh talk about God. this. All right, get your Christian bingo card ready. <laughs> Here's the headline, and then we'll dig in. Mm-hmm. The former megachurch pastor asked his personal bodyguard to murder his son-in-law while on a motorcycle trip to the Creation Museum. Okay. Bingo. Wh- what's your favorite? What's your favorite Creation detail? Museum. Is it? Creation, I think yeah. motorcycles is my favorite. Hitman, distant third then. But Creation Museum, number one. I mean... Uh, yeah, just like, oh, it's the, okay, the so visual this is, is James great. McDonald. He started this church called uh, Harvest Bible Chapel Church. There are several campuses in and around Chicagoland suburbs. And basically his world came crashing down last year uh-huh. because he was basically accused of financial mismanagement. A blog started keeping like anonymously posting things about how they were spending money. And like, it looked like they had some inside information on Uh that. And he was, he sued for defamation. And then just to stick it to the two guys running that blog, he also sued their wives just for the hell of it. Oh, fun. Yeah. This is this guy. Um, There was a reporter, Julie Royce, who was writing a whole article about this. So he sued her. Oh, like this guy's just lawsuit happy. And finally, here's the reason the lawsuit was dropped. The church would have had to produce documents that would have been public for the discovery process. <laughs> and they're like, we don't want to show you uh, anything. Never mind, never mind. Everything's so they, fine. Yeah, so that's why they dropped the lawsuit. <laughs> and a lot of this happened because a shock jock in Chicago, Man Cow Muller. Fucking Man Cow. Used to be friends with this guy and heard a lot of crazy shit over the years. And he's like, yeah, this guy's not okay. He's been doing a lot. Like at one point. The the pastor was like, "Hey, Mancow, you're you're a wealthy. Guy. Give us some money for the church." And Mancow kind of joked back, "Ha ha, sell your motorcycle first. And the pastor was like, ha, ha, "No." <laughs> so anyway, Mancow apparently didn't. Oh, it's Mancow. They didn't hear about I don't this know. story. He's very religious, but Mancow didn't. If you interview. grew up in the Chicagoland area, you know who Mancow is, and you understand how wild this is. <laughs> But Mankow did an interview with this former bodyguard that recently aired. And the this is a guy who was not just a bodyguard. He was a former deacon at the church, a former confidant of McDonald. Mm-hmm. And he said that in 2015, on their way to the Creation Museum, um, he I think the story is McDonald suspected his son-in-law was cheating on McDonald's daughter. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons this came up is because when they were, like, stopping for some food during their motorcycle trip, the bodyguard sees James McDonald on his phone looking at porn, and he's like, 
dude, what are you doing? And McDonald's like, I think my son-in-law posted something about my daughter on here. Oh my sure. God. It's That's how it goes. So bad. And here's here's my total conspiracy theory mind uh-huh. going here. It's like, oh no, they caught me. Uh my daughter's on here. Uh oh yeah, it's really b- I need you to kill my son-in-law. This is the the least incriminating <laughs> thing I can do at this moment, yeah. I guess. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the thing is, he said this to him, and the bodyguard's like, <laughs> you're joking, right? <laughs> and the pastor was like, no. And then apparently he made the same overture to somebody else, like, I need you to kill my son-in-law. What would it take? Well, and I like, there's just Allegedly. Like, yeah, allegedly. Um, <laughs> I just like the this The bodyguard, of, are you asking me what I think you're asking me? Yes. <laughs> and he said, because his background is a combat veteran, it shouldn't be too hard to kill Groves and get away with it. Like... You know, as one jokes and maybe the best part of this article I read about it is you've oh, God, you haven't read the Harry Potter books, have you? Of course I have. It's the one thing. Wait, have you? Uh huh. Okay, so, you know, when um, they go back and I think Dumbledore's memories or something like that and they're like reliving things, but then like things get kind of like blurry and then voice over and try to change it. And so it's like, oh, can you do this thing for me? And oh, no, 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 it's not. Oh God, it's not Dumbledore. It doesn't matter who it is. I can't think of it. It's been a long time since I've read it. It's been a hot second, but somebody asked him to like, I think make a Horcrux or something. Okay. And they do this like weird like editing of his memories and it's like, no, of course I would never do that. Please don't ask me again. Like to make it, to make himself sound innocent. That's what it sounds like because it says like he asked him to do it. Bakur said he replied, absolutely not. We're not having this conversation and we're not talking about this ever again. Like regular humans talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I have no idea. Like, here's the deal. Now that the interview has aired uh, right before it aired, and the allegations were made, uh-huh. uh, the local police are investigating this as a possible crime because even yeah. soliciting a hitman, even if he doesn't go through with it, even if you don't buy anything, whatever, just talking to a hitman saying, like, I need you to do something for me, let's talk, that's a crime that could carry a jail sentence of up to 30 years. Yeah, that's like a serious crime. Yeah. And so all of this, like, a year ago, this guy is a mega church pastor on top of the world, and he pretty much like used the church to benefit his own pocketbook. Mm. Now he's in, I think, Florida doing oh, who knows he? what. Um, and now the hitman allegations. He's not living that North Shore life anymore. I yeah, I know. Oh my but god! Like what Jesus. is like if I Hemet? If you had never heard of this, and I came and read this story to you, you'd be like Jess. You need to stop being full of shit. No, you're I, dragging down the integrity true. of this I fine program. I would have fully believed you. <laughs> it's when you say even this. when I said man cow was a major part of it. Yes, and I, motorcycles. I, by the way, I no, notice how we just totally glossed over the fact that this mega church pastor had a bodyguard. Oh yeah, actually, that <laughs> didn't even blip on my radar. Huh? Like, who the hell do you think is coming after you? That you're so important. Well, apparently, he's ordering hits. So well, yeah. clearly, he's got fucking enemies out there. Oh yeah. my god! Uh, I love that his bodyguard is a former deacon too. Just like every little bit of this story is better than the last bit. Ugh. Yep. Um, so there's a story out of Alabama that we didn't talk about yet. My God. Uh, in Sorry the city. we're dunking on you, Alabama, but you kind of no. asked for it. Yeah, you did. Dothan City Schools. There's the school board in that big city. Uh, one of the school board members' name is Chris Maddox. And his daughter, who's in one of those schools, told him that a bunch of kids don't stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance. So, like, normal people would be like, okay, 
Like, whatever. Uh-huh. They don't have to. Um, Chris Maddox's response is, as a board member, I'm fully planning to investigate this because it troubles me. Sure. Um, I don't know what he's going to investigate. Read the First Amendment. We're done with the investigation. So he's investigating that a child is sitting. I I think so. He didn't specify, but he's apparently like, what? Are are the kids not, are, is the teacher telling them not to? Are the kids choosing not to? What's going on here? What age is this? Um, I think high school. Oh, but okay. even if it's not like even if his kids like in elementary school, it doesn't make a difference. He said all of these things have bothered me lately. Oh, I'm sorry. He said he was disappointed because he also saw at a recent uh, local recognition ceremony when they said the pledge, uh-huh. only a small n- percentage of people were standing up for the pledge. That in the is national disappointing. Anthem. That's definitely so, the worst thing I've heard about this yes, country this week. It's the worst thing in Alabama in for a long time. Sure. He said, all of these things have bothered me lately about our students not having pride in their country, in their state, in their school specifically. I hope we can do something to change <sighs> it because it's sad. State, Has he? Yeah. I wonder... Um, and then the superintendent, whose job should be, there's nothing to investigate, the students can do it, did not say that. She said she also planned to investigate the matter because it's certainly not something I agree with either. Yeah, I think we talked about this last week. I believe Alabama is really fighting for like what one of the top three or four spots in the best education system in the country. They are next to last. Oh, oh, okay. So I got that exactly missed up. Maybe they should focus in on that instead of what one kid is doing. And you know what? uh, The irony in all this Maddox's day job when he's not doing the school board stuff? Attorney. What? He, he knows how the law works, theoretically, but he's just applying none of his skills to this issue whatsoever. It's so impressive how they forget how laws work when it's convenient. <laughs> um, this is a totally different thing, but I saw this uh, this for the past couple of days, and it's kind of funny how this has taken on a life of its own. Okay. There is a study that came out recently And it's uh, from a group called the Institute for Family Studies. (laughs) And because they use the word family, you know their affiliation. Uh Um, So here's what the study finds. That straight religious couples, Mm -hmm. religious couples specifically, have better relationships and more satisfying sex lives than people who are not religious. That's nice to hear. And conservatives are loving this. Like, they're parading this from the rooftops um in the new york times the two of the authors of the study said you know it happiest of all wives in america are religious conservatives david french of the national review said the sexual revolution can often bring its own brand of unhappiness including ironically enough sexlessness Sexlessness, yes. huh? That's cool. Yeah. But they're all basically saying, like, see, if you tell people what do you want in a marriage, if you want to be happy in your marriage, you need God. Then your sex lives will be better. I'm really curious to know who answered this because <laughs> was it any women? Yeah. So here's <laughs> what here's the questions that I have. Like, first of all, the percentage they said. Women, they said 48% of women of highly religious women in in those marriages said they are satisfied with their sex lives compared to 32% of secular women whose husbands are secular. So just really quick, that's not a great number. It's not a great number. It's higher than the other ones. But here's the thing, and this is what critics of this survey have pointed out. There's two big issues 
with this study. Um, maybe three. One is that these are all self-reported numbers. Yeah. Like, so if you ask like different people, how happy are you in your relationship? Mm-hmm. Even if it's an anonymous study, even if you're just trying to get a number, there are certain types of people who are more primed to give you good answers. Yeah. And religious conservatives are one of those groups of people. Because if you tell people, hey, you got to get married to this person, right. God's in your life, everything about your marriage is going to be blessed, um, you're, you kind of have an obligation, and this is what a lot of conservatives have said, that when I was married mm-hmm. in this fundamentalist Christian relationship, I knew I always had to give off the impression yeah. that everything was great. And I don't think secular couples... Uh, necessarily have that pressure. No, I if don't it's think like so. yeah, things are fine, or it's like no, my partner did this or that. Right. Like whatever, it's a normal relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. Mikey never complains about me. I'm never. a really good wife. But, but the yeah, can tell by my totally. spotless house. <laughs> <laughs> and the point is, like, if you're in a conservative, fundamental, religious home. Yeah. You are very inclined to just be like, yeah, everything's great. My sex life? Oh, yeah, it's totally awesome. Well, I right, think sure. Be- beyond that, I think there is something uh, to be said about if your marriage isn't good, if your sex life isn't good, it's your fault. Or the problem is with, if you're unhappy in your marriage, it's a problem with you, mm. not with your marriage or marriage in general or whatever. You know, like, right. I, I think there. I think you're, I mean, and I wouldn't know how to take a survey like this without just being self-reported. Yeah. Um, but there I, is no objective way to gauge happiness. That's right. So it has that's to correct. be self-reported. But again, this survey did not, it, they could have done everything on paper correctly, right. methodologically wise, whatever. Nailed it. Yeah. They could have done everything right. But when you're asking these self-reported numbers, mm-hmm. there's a reason to think that these religious people might see something different. Chris Stroop, who is a ex-evangelical who's been really vocal about that mm-hmm. online, he says, hey, it turns out that self-reporting religious conservatives lie, even if, in fairness, they may also be lying to themselves. Yeah. Like, that's that's exactly right. Well, and I think there's also an element of if you've only ever had sex with one partner, you don't <laughs> yeah. necessarily have a gauge of what right. good or bad sex is. Right. Because yeah. people who have, like, crazy, adventurous, wild sex lives may be like, that's all right. Yeah. It's fine. And people who are like, whatever one position for life. Right. Like, yeah, this is the best. It, well, and, uh, and it's not to say that like one of those is inherently right. better than the other. But right. like if you are married to a guy who only has sex a certain way. And Cause never God had wants se- you to be married. God, yeah. And you've never experienced anything else. You're like, well, I don't hate this. So I guess this is what great sex is. Right. I mean, again, even bad sex with someone you love it's probably fine, like, in a lot of ways. I think fine is a good word for it if you're like, "Eh." But it's, yeah, you could very easily be in this bubble where you're like, yeah, this is amazing. Of course this is amazing. (laughs) Why would you ask me that? So So again, so that's one problem with the study, which is they might have done a fair study. Yeah, I don't... But you shouldn't just accept these numbers at face value because there's more to the story. Yeah, I don't discount that, like... Yeah, actually, that tracks that people who are like religious and are very into the like hierarchy of marriage will self-report being happy and satisfied with their sex life that I don't, I don't mistrust that at all. What I mistrust is perspective and honesty. Yeah. And the other big issue with this study is who's conducting it. Cause again, there's an issue. You may get funding from a group. It doesn't mean they necessarily changed how you ask the questions to make it biased. 
But again, you should always know where these studies are coming mm-hmm. from. So there's two groups that really uh, did the study. One is the Institute for Family Studies. It's a conservative think tank that has an anti-gay history. Right. Um, they had the phrase, I didn't see it now, but I guess they used to have it, the phrase natural relationships as opposed to not gay ones. Like they didn't include gay couples in this study because they don't count or whatever. They don't include them. The other group that did the study is called the Wheatley Institution, which is affiliated with Brigham Young University and therefore the Mormon Church. Uh-huh. We know what they think about gay couples. Mm-hmm. But again, you have these conservative slash religious groups doing this survey. And oh, look, the results just happen to be that religious conservative couples are happy yeah. and yeah. have great sex lives. Again, I am not saying... They did anything wrong with the or study nefarious. per se. Nothing was. No, they didn't make up the numbers, but you know what type of. I could have done the same survey. I would have gotten the same results. And it's not because they are necessarily happier. Right. It's because this is a weird question that really is biased in one. Yes. Result, and I will say full disclosure: if the if the shoe is on the other foot, and we had a survey from American atheists or whomever that was like secular women are having much better sex, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, we are!" Like, I am not denying that I would be hella biased on this. You would do that. I would be like, "Wait, what did they ask?" Yeah. By the way, every survey, if you look at Gallup, if you look at the Pew Research Center, which are pretty credible when it comes to this stuff, they always tell you, "Here's what we asked." Here's what the raw data told us. I was looking for that section in this study. I couldn't find it. Huh. They didn't say, this is exactly what we asked. This is what came before. This is what came after. Sure. Like, there was none of that methodology put in there. Again, it doesn't mean they did something that a, that a like, quote-unquote, good researcher would not have done. Right. But they didn't include that because, again, I don't think they're their fan base that they're going after here cares about the methodology. They care about results. Um, Parker Malloy, who's a fantastic uh, writer from Chicago, said to David French, who was like, look, look at the study. She said, uh, this is just sad, David. Using the Institute for Family Studies to prove your point is like if I cited a study from the Parker Malloy's mom, Institute of Data Sciences, to prove I was the greatest writer on the planet. (laughs) So, Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that's that's been happening on the internet, this is a sidebar, is I don't even know what the context is, but there's just a bunch of dudes on Twitter being like, in my experience, most heterosexual women merely tolerate sex and don't actually enjoy it. <laughs> and just the response is like, Imagine telling on yourself like this. Like, imagine... <laughs> what a cell phone. Imagine being so fucking Yeah, whenever confident. I've been around women, they never like sex that much. It is... Like, dude... Like, do you really... But, like, <laughs> I, it's... Like, I'm sweating. I'm so embarrassed for him. It's so bad. You say him like it's one guy, but it's been more no, than one. No, there's one I'm specifically thinking of. But, like, yeah, no, it's... Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, oh. that's great. Okay, I have... Uh, one other story here for you. This is in California. This is almost a happy story. Uh, I think we talked about this earlier. It's as close as we get in this show. It's as close as we get. Uh, (laughs) California State Senator Jerry Hill, earlier this year, he filed a bill that would remove clergy members from a list of people exempt from reporting child abuse. So in other words, if you're a public school teacher and you find out a student 
is getting abused, you have a legal obligation right. to tell the school counselor. And basically, like, no, you don't get to keep that one a secret. Mm-hmm. Like, even if the kid confides in you, no, you have to tell. Yeah. You're a mandated reporter. We've talked about this before, like therapy and things like that. Usually the rule is if somebody's hurting you, if you're hurting somebody, if you're planning on hurting yourself, I think, are the three exemptions from the confidentiality thing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So in California and many other states, Catholic priests... Yeah are exempt from the rules. And they take that very seriously. They do. And if you if someone confesses any of those things, that they're hurting somebody, that they've been abused, and they know who did it, mm-hmm. like whatever, if they confess it to a priest, the priest does not have to tell local authorities. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem because some of the people who confess are often the other priests yeah. and the people who are committing these abuses. And I know this is an extreme story, but in Australia... Um, there was literally a priest who committed, I'm not making this up, 1,500 instances of molestation. Oh, my God. To thir- he confessed this to 30 different priests over 25 years. All of them kept quiet about it. No wonder he got away with it for so long. It's almost like self-policing doesn't always work. Yeah. And so here's the, cha- here's the thing with the California bill. Mm-hmm. The original bill said priests aren't exempt. If they find out, they have to say it. The Catholic Church's response is no. Fuck you. It's confession. It's sacred. We don't have to tell anybody anything. I think there are people who said they'd rather go to jail than break the 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 confines. The sacred seal. Yeah. So this was the idea. Um, The good news is that bill, as of Friday of last week, it overcame a hurdle. It got through a Senate subcommittee, and now it goes to the full Senate. And uh-huh. this is a Democratic legislature in a Democratic state, so mm-hmm. that's good news. It was it passed the Appropriations Committee four to two. Okay. The two who voted against it, guess what? Catholic. Uh, both Republicans, but close enough. Oh. Um, but but here's the downside: they made a slight amendment Ooh. to the rule before it passed to the I bill. Re- I already hate before it before it passed. I know. So here's the rule. Uh, the rule now says if you tell it to a priest in a confessional booth, it's still confidential unless we are talking. The only things that the priests are mandated to tell authorities, if a priest tells you they're abusing somebody like a fellow priest uh-huh. or someone who works in the same building, the same church. Okay. Then you got to tell authorities. But if like, you, Jessica, walked into a confessional booth and said, I've been beating my child. Oh. They don't have to share that with local authorities. Well, that's not great. So is there it? is this loophole in there that says some abusers can you can keep secret. But if it's a priest or if it's someone in your building inside the church, you still have to say it like... I have super mixed feelings on that. Like, How do you I, think the Catholic Church feels about it? They hate it. They still hate it. But I, 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 I don't like that caveat at all. I think it's fucked. Like some abuses are okay. Yeah. To keep However, secret. at least they're targeting the right the the people who are historically have been getting away with these crimes the yeah. most easily. And that's not to say there aren't abused children whose parents right. are 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 abusing them and and getting away with it. But systemically. The problem has been in the Catholic Church, so I'm. I would rather a neutered law like this pass than than nothing. Than nothing. <laughs> uh, Los Angeles Archbishop Jose Gomez says it's still too far. Uh, <laughs> Senate Bill 360 still denies the sanctity of confession to every priest in the state. 
it remains a, quote, unacceptable violation of our religious freedoms that will do nothing to protect children. Really? No, it'll do some stuff to protect children. Yeah, I mean, that kind of thing is so intellectually dishonest, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Really? Really? You think nothing, that's not going to help protect children? I am with you here that the bill should pass even if it's not great, even if it's not totally comprehensive. Right. Because it's something. Um, it's appalling that they would still say, I'm like, the, the idea that because it's told to you in confessional, that makes it something worthy of confidentiality. But if a student tells a teacher, hey, I trust you, so I need to tell you this thing about my personal life that's happening. Right. That is not worthy of being kept confidential. Well, they, the, the priests don't play by the same rules as the rest of us. And that's the real problem, isn't right, it? That right. like, they believe that they're held accountable only to God. And apparently since they haven't been like smote by God, what mm-hmm. they're doing is fine. So there no law, you know, law of man can help them. They, they are not playing by the same rule book as we are. Right. So they don't think they deserve the same oversight as we do. Right. I believe in Canada, I could be wrong. Uh, I don't have this in front of me. I think there's a different law going on either in Canada or Western Australia, maybe. That's it. Same thing. Western Australia. So similar. They are doing the same type of bill without the loopholes. Like, we don't care about your confessional booth. You have to tell authorities if someone comes to you with a confessional about this. And if you don't, if you don't tell authorities... The, the fines, if the government finds out about it, uh-huh. would be severe. Really severe. Like, good. Fine. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the same thing that would happen with a teacher or any social worker or whatever. That's what should be happening. And in California, who else is fighting it but Catholic church officials, mm-hmm. as usual? Always they're consistent. Yes. Um, I've got... A, was that your last story? Yeah, I'm done. I've got one, two more. Go for it. <clears throat> Actually, they're both... Good stories. What? So that's a nice change of our life. Okay. Um, the first one is that um, Nevada, apparently, up until recently, uh, Nevada in Nevada, if a woman uh, was going in to get an abortion, they had to be told about, quote, the emotional implications um, in of the, having an abortion, of having an abortion, uh, <laughs> which is wild. Uh, and then physicians also had to certify in writing a pregnant woman's marital status, age, and her written consent. All of these, which have nothing to nothing do with to her do medical with care. Fucking anything. Uh, this is like in other states, you're like doctors have to give you a pamphlet or show you an ultrasound. Right. Like those you have are to get requirements. You've got transvaginal ultrasound in some yeah. spa- states. Yeah, doesn't make all- you better. doesn't make you healthier. It's just another obstacle. It's just another obstacle. That's exactly right. But uh, the Nevada Assembly, uh, it's a female majority group, which is dope. They passed a bill to end that. Um, it would also repeal criminalized activities related to abortion, such as selling uh, miscarriage-inducing drugs and advising women on pursuing abortion options and self-inducing abortions, which were both felonies that could draw fines up to $10,000 and 10 years in Jesus. prison. But it's repealing all that, so it's good news, yes. even though it's draconian. Um, I do want to uh, <laughs> read this really darling quote. I think this was times maybe that I pulled this out of. But the quote is uh, Nevada State Senator Ivana uh, Cancella, who reported, who sponsored the bill in her state, called its, pa- its passage in the House a BFD or <laughs> or 
big freaking deal. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> the yes. tweet was BFD, proud to be a Nevadan every day, but especially today, pretty incredible. <laughs> and I just think that's very wholesome that they're like, it stands for big freaking deal. <laughs> Which also, I was just talking to somebody about this, but my mom used to do it all the time. Like, do you, you, you have you heard CRS? CRS? Just can't remember shit. Oh, no, I've never heard that. Um, and uh, SOL, shit out of luck. Yes. My mom used to say that all the time, but she said it's can't remember sometimes and <laughs> so out of luck, which doesn't yeah, even make yeah, sense, yeah. but I heard it so much as a kid. <laughs> anyway, that's what that made me think of. Um, and then finally, uh, this is a really, it, it's a light spot and a very dark story. Um, so Friday, um, Missouri passed their horrible uh, eight-week eight abortion bill, which is garbage. Um, Representative Ian um, Mackey, who's, wait for it, a Democrat, mm-hmm. um, he said the following, quote, this is nothing but an affront not to Roe v. Wade, but to what it stands for, the U.S. Constitution itself. The right to privacy in this country, privacy from intrusion from your government. Today, in this body, we, the government, us, right here, members, are seizing every woman in the state. We are seizing her, and we may as well be the ones tying her hands to the bedpost and forcing her into childbirth. Wow. Women brought us all into this world, and I sure hope they vote us all out. <laughs> wow. Isn't that great? Good I like that guy. They won't, but they should. No, but I mean, that. Like, Tony Perk. That's what allyship looks like, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, a right wing. Uh, I got to find this now. There was a right-wing pastor that Brian... Was it Brian Fisher? No. Um, oh, my God. Now I got to find it. I'm sorry. Here we go. Matt Staver, Liberty Council. Uh, right-wing, conservative, legal group. And he was saying in an interview today that he basically admitted the truth about all those heart bill uh, bills, okay. heartbeat bills that are going around. Like, uh-huh. we got to wait six weeks until a fetal heartbeat and then you, then the abortion ban kicks in. Uh-huh. And, you know, people like us will be like, some of the women don't even know they're pregnant by this time. It's, it's wrong. And this also is, heartbeat is... Heartbeat is misleading. totally misleading. They don't even have a heart uh-huh. at this point. Have you seen there's a picture going around of an aborted fetus at like six months and it's literally... It's, at six weeks? Six weeks, yeah. yeah. God, yes, uh, six weeks. And, and it's literally like... Like it looks like spit. It looks like yeah. a loogie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And usually that was that's what we were saying. Like yeah. it's silly to do the heartbeat bill. They don't even know they're pregnant. This is really just a way to just ban all abortions, right. but give it a different name. Right. And what did he say? He basically said, "Yeah, at these uh, all these bills are great." He said because most women would never even know they're pregnant until or. After that time, most abortions under these heartbeat bills would be banned. You would not be able to do it. And so that's, I think this is a good law. Like he said it, all the stuff we've been saying. Why do they keep saying the quiet part out loud? I know. And so he's basically saying, yeah, this is just an abortion ban by any other name. Jesus. Um, which is what we already knew. Yeah. But like, yeah. At least we know, like. I listen. love how all we have to do to make these people look bad is quote them directly, mm-hmm. and every time they want to make a liberal look bad, they have to totally exaggerate. Like what? Here's what or AOC said. Pull but like they three words out of a paragraph and yeah. be like, they're "See, she to, eats juice." Yeah, they're trying to ban cows, and they're trying to take away. Like, no, you have to exaggerate and distort it. Yeah. When you're making fun of liberals, and what do we do? It's like just play their soundbite yeah. directly. We have their quotation. Just play it back. 
Oh. <sighs> so another good week. Another good week. This is kind of a bonkers week. It wasn't as depressing as last week's was. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend, bud. Hey, it is. What are you doing? I just found out it was Memorial Day weekend. Like, like when I told you just now? Uh, like this morning. <laughs> Well, you don't have a nine to fiver, so you haven't been quietly yeah, looking well, forward to I this for a month. Yeah, well, I found out they're like, you don't bring your kids to daycare on oh, Monday. Yeah? <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I need to get rid of it every Monday. <laughs> I will have already seen them for two days. So I t- <laughs> like, <laughs> so <laughs> I got an extra day with them. So I take it y'all don't have big, big plans <laughs> for the weekend. No, not on Monday. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll go out on Sunday. Oh shit, I need to go out on Monday too somewhere. Uh, you All right, it's a lot of baby time. Wow, you're father time. of the year. Haven't met him <laughs> right here. Um, it's a long time. Mikey and I are leaving, so we're recording on Thursday, partially because Mikey and I are leaving tomorrow afternoon for a road trip to Minneapolis. What's in Minneapolis to um, enjoy? The twins. My my husband is on this quest to see all of the uh, ballparks in the U.S. and he's well <laughs> on his way. Um, cause we're, I, I mentioned the road trip we're doing in the Northeast. Oh, by the way, um, we're looking at our schedule. I might not be able to do a meetup in New York. It might just be DC and Toronto that we have a night free to do it. I'm sorry. I'll be back to New York. My future sister-in-law's from New Jersey. I'll be around. Um, but, but anyway, so we literally decided this, like this week, like, should we do a road trip? And just like looked at a map, like, what can we drive, what can we drive to this weekend? And we we're going to go to Cleveland, but it's supposed to storm all weekend. Um, so we're going to Minneapolis instead. Who are they so, playing? The White Sox, actually. Oh, hey, that works. So I'm a little torn because I mean, I guess I have to cheer for the Sox, right? I'm not a Sox sure. fan, but I'm a Chicago Someone fan. Someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey's gone into like a white, it doesn't matter. He bought a White Sox hat for this occasion. It's a fucking weirdo. Someone did. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hammond, where can we find you online? I am at Hammond Meta. Uh, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast yep. for two more weeks. Go to Kickstarter, Pledge of Allegiance, and find the new podcast. I was working on it like all day today. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good. It's getting, it's is almost it? done. Mm-hmm. It is. I promise Wait, it's you. almost done. It's almost done with me writing it and oh, researching it. I was going to say. It's a lot of work. <laughs> So I'm at like 40 pages and counting. I saw that. I made it. tried to throw something in a garbage thing, and I think it went in. It did go in. Also, I'm back on my... Listen, I know I gave you guys a lot of updates last year. I'm back on my Co-Rex Softball League in Chicago. Last night, I went three for three with three RBIs. We did lose, but I (laughs) fucking... My offense was dope. Me and the bat I've had since I was 12 years old are really raking and win. I'm very proud of myself. Nice. We lost. Did I mention that? You did That's a pretty that. important detail. We have not won a game <laughs> yet. Okay. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-A-E. Um, if you're in Minis- uh, Minneapolis and have a good breakfast place, we're staying near the ballpark and looking for a good breakfast place. At Blueberry. At Blueberry. And we're going to the, some brewery. At that night. Anyway, um, hey guys, you should share this with a friend. <laughs> this is a, probably yes. a good episode. We didn't <laughs> swear you. that much. Yes. Rate it. All yeah, the stars. Go online. Then share it. People have been being nice on the reviews. Nobody said shit about me lately, which is kind of disappointing. But but you know, do whatever. Rate us five stars and then say something mean about me. Yes. They'll give me they'll tick all the boxes. Um, okay. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>